Well, uh, tonight, how many know we're, we're, we're having a healing meeting tonight? Praise God. If you come in need of healing, uh, get ready, get ready, get ready for God to change you, your body right here before our very eyes. Amen. Thank God for His goodness. And uh, if you're well, and thank God many of us are, if you're well, if you're strong already, you're feeling good, not limited, not living in pain, uh, you know, not missing limbs, thank you, not missing body parts or anything, then how many know it's good to feed your faith? It's good to stay fresh and stay current and stay alive on the inside concerning uh, the various things that the Lord has done and provided for us. Amen. Amen. Let's get out our Bibles tonight. If you brought a Bible, all right, uh, let's look at Isaiah 53. Now, you might be new to, to church, and, and uh, if someone brought you along and, uh, because you needed healing in your body, uh, you might not even know what Isaiah is. And that's okay. That's okay. There was a time I didn't know who Isaiah was. Still probably wouldn't recognize him if I saw him walking down the street. <laughs> but he's a guy who was a prophet in the Old Testament. God used him to speak and to write things, and, and that's one, one of the books in the Bible, all right? And so we want to we want to zero in on something that he said, uh, because it's it, it'll help us to get from the Lord what He wants us to get. How many know the Bible is a tool? God's word is a tool to us to get uh, to get to God, if you will. It's a tool that en- enables us to access things unseen. It, it enables it, it's it's like being in a dark room, but the, the scriptures show you where the door is. You know, it shows you where to, uh, how to get to where you want to be. And that's how we use the, the Word of God. Not as, a, an, as an end all that we worship the Word, but we use the Word to worship God. To have a relationship with Him and to access all the many benefits that He has provided those who will believe Him. Praise God. And so tonight we're going to access some stuff. All right. Isaiah... Or I knew a guy in Mexico one time, his name was Isaiah, but he called himself, or they called him, Isaias. Isaias. And he said, and we all struggled with that for a little bit, and he just said, Isaiah. (laughs) He knew we could all say that better. Isaiah chapter 53, this is a chapter that is dealing with Jesus. How many know Jesus is in the Old Testament? Jesus didn't start in in Bethlehem. (laughs) <laughs> well, Jesus has been alive for eternity past. Uh, just wasn't always known by the name Jesus. But of course, in the in the Old Testament, like in the book of Isaiah, um, what we see is that God revealed things about Jesus before He ever was born in the flesh, before He ever became flesh and dwelt among us, God showed different individuals some of the things about His life, what He would be, what He would do, what He would go through on our behalf. And that's what a lot of this chapter is about, but I don't want to, we're not going to get deep into most of that. I want to focus in on the very first verse. Notice with me, Isaiah 53 and verse 1. It reads this way, Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Have you ever noticed that that God likes to ask questions? That might seem like an odd thing for God to do. (laughs) 
<laughs> you would think if I were God and I knew everything, I wouldn't be asking any questions. Well, uh, you might remember, you can go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. And remember, after the fall of man, God immediately came asking, didn't he? He came, he came, he came walking through the garden one day and said, Adam, where are you? Now, how many think God knew where Adam was? <laughs> yeah, he, he knew where Adam was. He, he didn't lose him. But, but how many know he was asking, not really for his own benefit, but he was asking because of the need for Adam to respond. He was asking because something was different. Something wasn't, wasn't the way it used to be. And that was his way of, of communicating that. You know, Jesus asked his disciples questions at times. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, one day talking about himself and who other people were, what, what other people were saying about him. And, and, and he asked, then he asked Peter, he said, Peter, who, who do you say that I am? Remember, he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But, but the Lord was, was asking questions. Why? Well, oftentimes questions are asked for the benefit of the one answering the question. Sometimes you may find that the Lord will ask you a question. You might be praying. You might be seeking Him for answers. You might be asking Him things. And He'll respond with a question. Yeah. And the Lord's good at changing the subject too. You ever read over there in John 3 where Nicodemus came by night and he started asking the Lord about some things and, and we know you're a teacher, you've come from God and, and all that, da, 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 da. and then Jesus right in the middle of it said, hey, you got to be born again. <laughs> and it seems like, where did that come from? <laughs> well, you were talking about the wrong thing. <laughs> well, you were blabbering on and on and God got right to the point and he said, hey, you got to be born again. But likewise, the Lord sometimes will ask us questions, but it's not because He doesn't know the answer. It's not because He doesn't really know what you know and, and what you don't know, but it's important sometimes for us to respond. And having the right answer to the question can determine the outcome of our situation. When we have the right answer and we acknowledge the right answer and say the right thing, we benefit. We step into something that God has for us. And so another place, you know, in the scripture, it's Isaiah chapter 42. The Lord's asking here, say, he said, who among you will give ear to this? Who will listen to hear for the time to come? And so sometimes the Lord is, is talking. He's asking questions. But he's asking questions not because he doesn't have access to the answers and doesn't know what, what's going to come. But again, he's giving us an opportunity to respond correctly. Isn't that right? He's looking for the right answer. Now, how many know within that equation, there is the possibility of the wrong answer? I could answer incorrectly. He could ask me a question, I get it totally wrong, and uh, therefore miss out on the opportunity. But I'm telling you what, the Lord's asking questions not in, in expectation or in hopes that we get it wrong and He gets to correct us. No, He's wanting you to get it right. He's wanting you to understand something. He's wanting us to, to get a revelation, to have a clear picture of His Word and His promises and of His desire for us. And when we get it right, guess what happens? Bam! Then something is released on our behalf. Then we have direction. Then we have a course to follow. Then we have power to experience. Then we have His love to embrace. And so, and so God is asking questions, again, not because He doesn't know, but because of the need for us to answer. And when we are given options, we must make a choice as to what we are going to believe. 
And this is what I want to encourage you in tonight. We are making a choice. What are we going to believe? And we can make the wrong choice and continue life as is. Or we can make the right choice and we can choose to believe the right thing. And what happens is our life is altered. What happens is our experience with God changes for the better. And from that point, we experience His best. And so, uh, looking back at this verse again, Isaiah 53, 1, let's read it again. Who has believed our report? Notice the next question. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now, how many know the arm of the Lord talks is in reference to the strength of God, to the power of God, to the ability of God doing something? And you know what, if you really look at this, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Do you know to whom it's been revealed? The one who believes the report. The answer is really the same as the first. Who, Who gets the power of God? Who has the ability of God working in their life? It's the one who believes the report. Say, does everyone have God's power and God's strength in their life? No, not everyone believes the report. But everyone can. Everyone has the opportunity. Everyone can believe the report. But it's what we do with the report of the Lord that determines how much of His arm we get. Amen. I tell you what, the arm of God is a good thing. I mean, Jesus said, uh, the Bible says that Jesus cast out spirits with the finger of God. Some say, I got this big fat demon harassing me. Big demon? There are no big demons. Not compared to the arm of God. Are you listening to me? <laughs> I remember years ago going on some trips with youth. And, and I remember what, these guys had this big styrofoam arm. And it looked like some guy, it looked like a Mr. Universe kind of arm. I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> they put it on like a skin over their arm. And it looked like their arm was, it was just huge and ripped. And, uh, and, and, and we'd, we'd drive by people on the road. And they'd put their arm up in the window. <laughs> and it was just amazing how many looks you got how people would look over and be just like wow look at that arm that's impressive and uh, anyway I tell you what the arm of God represents his strength and and who gets the strength of God the ability of God to work for him those who believe the report now uh, many people have uh, a reverse mindset a reverse belief system in their own mind and 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 that has to do it kind of goes like this when i see the power i will believe the report when i see god do something then i'll believe i mean how many people have made statements that if i could just see a miracle i would believe no what you would believe is what you see You would just perpetuate the cycle in which you live. You would believe the things that you see and not believe the things that you don't see. But how many know that's just opposite of what the Word of God says? How many know the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things, what? Hoped for the evidence of things not seen. It's the evidence of things not seen. Not the the evidence of things seen. Okay, when someone has strong faith, when someone is living a life of faith, they are operating based on things they don't see. If I require to, if I require sight before I'm going to believe, I'll never please God. I'll never be able to impress heaven. 
But the moment I say, I believe it, even though I don't see it. I believe it because God's word said it's true. I believe it because God is real and he is on the throne and he said it and I believe it and that settles it. I mean, no, that, 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 that lights up heaven right there. That's the faith that created the universe. That's the faith that created mankind, that created us. Amen. And the faith that loved us and died on the cross. Jesus said in John chapter 11, Did I not tell you that if, if you would believe, you would what, see the glory of God? If you did what? If you would believe, you would see the glory of God. How many know we can do some seeing tonight? As long as we do some believing tonight. Say, say, that's the hard part. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not a hard part. We're making a choice every day what we're going to believe. We hear one report, we hear another report. Sometimes it's a good report and a bad report. Good report, bad report. We have to make a decision. Which one am I going to believe? And if I make the right choice, you know what? I get the arm of God. I get the strength. I get His ability. If I make the wrong choice, I continue on my way. I continue the way things have always been. Anybody going to believe something good here tonight? (laughs) Come on, I tell you what. uh, The Lord's asking Who's going to believe the report? Come on, to whom is the arm of the Lord going to, going to be revealed? Amen. Can we have a volunteer? Would anyone say, yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, I'll be a believer. Amen. Go with me to Numbers chapter 13. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus Numbers. Does God believe in numbers? God is a numbers guy. Numbers chapter 13. This is the famous story and account of, uh, of reports. It's the famous story of when God uh, gave a, a special land called the promised land or the land of Canaan it was called in those days uh, to the... To the descendants of Israel or Jacob we call them Israelites the children of Israel now they're called Israelis Uh, right but he gave them a piece of property that was really nice but some other people were on it but they weren't supposed to be on it because God gave it to these guys it was a covenant deal Uh, how many know if God ever gives you something it's yours now whether you enjoy it that's a whole other story it's one thing to have something. It's another thing to experience it, enjoy it. Sometimes you have to go get on it. Well, on that property. <laughs> right? It's like, it's like years ago in our country when, uh, when slavery was abolished. There was a law. What's that called? The Emancipation Proclamation? Is that right? That, when that law was established, how many know every, every slave technically was freed? Right? But how many know every slave was not free? Do you know why? Well, they didn't all know about it. And a lot of people weren't going to tell them. Right? And some stayed in, in slavery even though by law, even though the law of the land was, now you're free. How many know there's some things the Lord has done to set us free? There are some things He has given us. But it's one thing to technically and legally and rightfully have it. It's another thing to rise up and say, I'm out of here, man. I am walking free from this bondage. I am going to experience and enjoy God's best for my life. 
All right. In, in Numbers 13, of course, now they were going to this promised land and they come up right on the edge of it. So the Lord told them, this is yours. Um, and, and of course, what, what are they doing? They're strategizing. They got war strategies. So they're about to send their, their spies in. Let's read verse one, Numbers 13. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send man, everyone a leader among them. That's interesting to me that the Lord told them to go spy out the land. He didn't just tell them to go in. It seemed the Lord was giving them an opportunity to rise up in faith. It seemed the Lord was giving them an opportunity to believe what he said over, over and above what they see. And so they went in, and, and you can read a lot of things here, but let's skip down to verse 17. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up uh, this way to the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or, or not, be of good courage and bring some fruit of the land. Now, now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. And so they did that. They went in, checked things out, and came back with some of the fruit. Skip down to verse 27. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and, and this is its fruit. Verse 28, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and the turn off the lights. And, and uh, uh, <laughs> they dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. And I forgot the Canaanites, looks like. Uh, verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But, everybody say, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. So what do we have here? We have a choice, don't we? What do we have? Two different reports. We have the report of the Lord. We have the, the, the confirmation coming through the mouth of Caleb. He said, we are well able to take this thing. Because the Lord had already told him, this thing is yours. Go up and get it. This land I have already given you. But he got one person saying, yeah, that's right. Let's do it. Let's giddy up and get in there and go take this. We, can, we're, we are well able. But some other people said, no. Oh, no. We've got to use wisdom here. Those people are bigger than we are. Maybe we should negotiate a truce. Maybe we should, huh? Verse 32, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report. They did what? They gave them a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. How many know, uh, just side note, th this is the way doubt and unbelief talks. It magnifies every possible thing that could go wrong. Fear will get into someone's heart and they'll begin to see the worst case scenario of everything that could go wrong and they'll expect it to go wrong. He said, and all the people whom we saw in it were men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight. You know why they were grasshoppers in their sight? It's because they were grasshoppers in their own sight. 
Look at chapter 14, the first verse. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. Say, that sounds like me after I got that report about my health. I mean, I was just crying all night long. Uh, Well, the good news is the Lord is merciful, and you can repent from that episode you had. I mean that in all sincerity and directly. You should repent of that now that you know that that was wrong. And that was absolutely unbelief. Everybody okay? Say, well, that's kind of mean. (laughs) I wouldn't tell you that unless I loved you. Why would I want to make an enemy? (laughs) Huh? That's absolutely wrong. If you are crying about your situation and about what the, re- the report is that you've been given of, of dire you know, conditions or maybe even, uh, maybe even death and you've been thinking about your leaving, leaving kids behind and leaving your spouse behind or leaving this behind and, and you're thinking about all the houses going to be when I'm gone. Stop it. I don't mean you're a bad person. You're just believing the wrong report. And we've got to make a choice to rise up and say, I will believe the Lord's report. I am going to stop believing the negative report, and I'm going to believe the Lord's report. If you did, if I believe the Lord's report, how many know I'm not sad? Do we realize that sadness, that sorrow, that feeling bad for ourselves, that that complaining, all these things are direct indications of what we believe and what we don't believe. When we have our believer going in the right direction, when we have chosen the right thing to set our faith on, what's going to happen? Joy is going to spring up. Amen. I'm remembering, I think it's Romans 15, talks about how we should be filled with all joy and peace in believing. Joy and peace in believing. One of the things we can note that when we're believing right, joy and peace are present. When we're believing wrong, anxiety and stress and fear and those kind of emotions are going to be present. Everybody with me today? And so this is, this is not a condemnation type of thing. This is a self-diagnostic. And if I find myself thinking the one way and being down about it and feeling sad about it and unhopeful about a situation or a circumstance or a diagnosis, a report, then I have been given a favor. I feel this way. Now I know I need to alter my believing. I need to switch over and start listening to a different report. Because then what happens? Joy and peace. Joy and peace. And there's a release. Praise the Lord. And so the children, they, they complained, they wept all night, verse 2, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or, or if only we had died in this wilderness, <laughs> I should have died a long time ago. Then I wouldn't have to deal with this. How many of the Lord's not real happy with this right now? If you skip down to verse 11, chapter 14, verse 11, then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? That's interesting. See what the Lord took that as? Personal rejection. Wow. That's a re- the Lord said, you rejected me. No, we're just struggling, just struggling in faith, just struggling to believe. I know, but if we boil that down, if, I know this sounds kind of harsh and direct, but I, I want to move people into victory tonight. Okay, 
if I'm struggling to believe, that just simply means what God said, I'm saying, eh, maybe. Not sure if he told the truth there. Not sure if he shot me straight. Really, if you, you, you boil this down, I'm saying, Lord, you're not right about this. Now, sometimes it's out of ignorance. Some people just don't actually know what the Lord said. They don't know His promises. They don't know those kind of things. So that's, that's a different thing. But these people, how many know, they knew exactly what God told them. They knew what He said. This is your land. I mean, they came, they walked through the Red Sea. And someone said, if only I could see a miracle, <laughs> I, I would believe. <laughs> really? Like maybe a sea parting walls of water on your on each side of you and you're going through and there's you know and you've got fire in the day that uh, or at night that keeps you warm and you got a cloud that blocks the sun every day and keeps you cool and and you know and 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 bread comes out of heaven to feed you in the morning and if only i could see something god just show me a sign i would believe and then god in the midst of all this and many more things uh, the deliverance from Egypt, God in the middle of this says, rise up, go in there, and get this thing. And they say, oh, no, we can't. I mean, it seems silly from our perspective now, but I think we need to bring it home to our own life. And, and are, are there times when we are just really not believing the report of the Lord? And maybe we just need to switch gears ourselves and say, Lord, I've been boo-booing and I've been, I've been whining and complaining and fussing about all this stuff. And I know better. I know better. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe you. I'm going to believe that everything's changing right here, right now. We're going a new direction from this point forward. Amen. That's why the question is posed, who's, who's going to believe? I volunteer. I volunteer to be a believer of God's report, the report of the Lord. Amen. And, and, and so if you get a bad report, if you get a bad report, say from a, a, you know, a, a doctor's report or, or just your flesh re- reporting to you, you're in trouble, dude. This hurts. You've got pain. Well, that's a report. Uh, we have a choice. Do we have a scripture that backs up that report or do we have a scripture that will counteract it? That will contradict it. A report that says something completely opposite of what we've been told. And if you can find a report from God, a report of the Lord that promises and that tells you that all is well. That's maybe something I'm kind of thinking in the back of my mind that that himself took our infirmities and bore our pains. Amen. That, that, That by his stripes we were healed. I'm thinking something like that might be something I could latch on to. Maybe I could override the evil reports. Maybe I can override the, the, the pain, the suffering, the, the unbelief and say, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to go with Him and act like what He says is true. Say, but there's giants in the land. But <laughs> Someone said, well, if I could see... Listen, after the walls of Jericho fall, everyone's on board. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? It's easy. After the walls went flat down into the ground and they took the first city, you know, those who were a little bit questioning, which of course that previous generation had already died off, but those who were questioning, he's going, oh yeah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
<laughs> you know how that happens. You know, someone gets healed in a, in, a, in a church service and, you know, someone's eye opens or someone's ear opens. Or so, you know, someone gets functionality back and tumor goes and everyone says, Hallelujah! Glory to God! And there's nothing wrong with that. But you, know, you know what's even better than that? It's called shouting before the walls come down. It's called you march around the thing <laughs> and you, you do what seems like it makes no sense and then with no evidence, no physical evidence of anything happening, you shout. Because how many know that's the shout of faith? That's the shout that's not, that doesn't, is not led by sight. That's the shout that actually causes things to change. Amen. It's a shout of faith. Praise God. And so, uh, you know, we have different reports all the time in our lives. We, ha- we have an option of what we're going to believe, sick or well. I'm going to go with well. I'm going to choose to believe in well. How many know circumstances change, but the Word of God does not? Will you believe the report of the Lord? You know, you know Paul was on a, on, a, on a ship. He was being taken into... into he was in, in captivity, basically, for preaching the gospel. It's called persecution. And, uh, and the, their ship was in trouble out in the sea many days. You read about this in the book of Acts. But thank God, uh, the, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and, and talked to him. And, and he, he relayed this message on to his captors after, after a while. He said, I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. I believe, God, what? That it shall be as it looks when I look across the ocean. I believe it shall be just as everyone around us is saying, we're going to die. We're in trouble. We're going to die right here. No, he said, I believe God. What? You believe God what? That it shall be exactly like he said it would be. That's Acts 27, 25. I believe God. I wonder if there's anyone in the house tonight who would say, I believe God that it shall be just as it was told me. Amen. And thank God we have His promises. Thank God for 1 Peter 2.24. Thank God for the report of the Lord that says that, 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 says that Jesus took care of this stuff for us. And, he, and by His stripes we were healed. Amen. Amen. So we ask ourselves the question, what does the Word of God say about our situation? Who is, who is going to be the one that will shout first? Who is going to be one that will rise up and walk? Not because they feel the strength. Not because they, they're experiencing some, some feeling coming over them. But because the Word of God says. Because the Word of God is sure. They say, I'm getting up. I'm going to move it. I'm going to act like it's so. I don't need this any longer. I'm going to walk free from this, from this point forward. Amen. I'm looking for a first shouter. I'm looking for a person who cho- who chooses and says, yes, that's me. I believe the report of the Lord. Yes, that's me. I, I am going to experience His arm. Amen. I am going to have the arm of the Lord revealed to me. In Jesus' day, He, would, he had His ministry going strong. One place in Luke chapter 5 and verse 15, it says, However, the report went around concerning Him all the more, and great multitudes came to hear and to be healed by Him of their infirmities. What happened? They heard a report. 
Come on, we hear a lot of negative reports in the world today. A lot of doom and gloom, a lot of uncertainty. And I don't think the world is going to change in that regard. It's just going to get worse. But I tell you, there is another report ringing throughout the land. There is the report of the Lord that says that you're going to make it. That says that you're going to stand. That says that you'll rise up and be healed. That says you'll, be, you'll rise up and be filled with the glory of God and experience His best. This is a report that we should tune our ear into. This is the report that we should rise up and say, Yes, Lord. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to experience your arm revealed in my life. Praise God. So who among you today will will believe the report of the Lord about your body? Amen. Come on. We're making a choice, aren't we? We're just making a choice. Let's not complicate it. Let's not make it hard and make it, ah, what have I got to do? Nothing. Just believe the report of the Lord and say, yes, Lord, I'm one, I'm one, I'm one, I believe. I believe your report. What are we saying? I believe what you have said about me. I believe what Jesus did for me. And your arm is revealed to me now. Amen, amen. Praise God.